Welcome to a special episode of She is Becoming. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our minds. You can listen to our recent episodes on sex, feminism, gender, and deconstruction on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Minnesota Grace Church app and website. And make sure that you're following us on Instagram at She is Becoming Podcast because we do lots of fun things on there and we love Instagram and who doesn't love Instagram? I am your co-host, Delaney, and I am here kind of in the studio with my co-host, Bev. She's actually joining us via phone. Say hi, Bev. Hi. I am in Chicago babysitting grandchildren the last couple of weeks, so we're having lots of fun. Yeah, and you're an MVP grandma for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm taking care of a young boy who just broke his wrist and another one who just got bit by a dog. So oh. never without some excitement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, isn't that fun? Oh. <laughs> I know. Poor guys. I would. I would. Poor guys. You need to tell us later about how he got bit by a dog because that's really scary. It is scary. But he, he seems unfazed by it other than his arm hurts a little bit. But yeah. we still haven't been able to locate the dog. So that's kind of bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll pray for that because that's. that's yeah. yeah. That's of my nightmares a little bit. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, we're glad you guys right. are okay. Um, well, we're good. We're, we're good. good, and I'm all ready to go. Yeah, awesome. I'm anxious to talk about this topic tonight. It's one that runs deep. Yeah, well, for this special episode of She Is Becoming, we're going to be talking about church hurt. Um, we've structured this episode different than we normally do. You're going to hear some testimonies of church hurt, some in-person testimonies, some anonymous, some that Bev and I are going to read. And then Bev and I are going to respond to these testimonies. And at the end, Bev and I will culminate the episode with a teaching on ecclesiology. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Please correct me, Bev, if I'm not. Um, but That's, it, no, you're right on. Okay, good. But it means the study of the church. My whole life, I thought that it was the study of Ecclesiastes. So that's actually not what that means. Um, but the purpose <laughs> the purpose of this episode um, is really twofold or maybe threefold. I don't know. There's a couple reasons. Why, there's a couple points that we want to get across in this episode. The first is that we want to acknowledge and empathize with the hurt that many of you have experienced and might experience in your local church. And we want you to know that you aren't alone. That's part of the reason why we're having multiple people come on here is because we want you to know that you are not alone in this and we don't want you to suffer in silence. The second is that we want you to learn God's heart for the church, the role of the church, and why church is important. And so we want you to know before even really listening to this episode that this will not be an episode um, bashing the church that Christ died for. We are advocates for the church. We love the church. Bev and I are both deeply involved in our church. Obviously, this is a church women's ministry podcast. And um, but we but at the same time, we we also recognize that hurt exists in the church and that these two tensions can exist simultaneously. And so at the end of this episode, you will hear more um, about this point, um, but this episode is going to be different than the other ones, and this might be really a more emotional episode for some of you, and so we just want to prepare you for that as well. Wonderful, Delaney. Thank you. The first testimony will be from a dear sister in Christ who has attended Grace Church for several years. Savannah is a wife, mom, and friend. She grew up in the church. Savannah is here today to share her experience of church hurt. So let's hear from her. Savannah? Um, My decision to follow Christ has always been my own. My salvation and my walk with the Lord was very personal, and that foundation 
is all that was left after the church hurt I experienced. I was left alone and sinking in darkness, asking myself, who am I and can I trust God? Um, I grew up um, and my parents were very involved in ministry. My dad was in several different ministry capacities. Um, and um, he had the key to the church. Sometimes we were the first ones to enter the building and the last ones to leave. And I even had peers who would look at me as a kid and say, oh, do you live here? Like they genuinely thought that. Um, as I got older, I was involved in various ministries and I chose to go to Bible college. Um, my foundation on, in my faith was built on God's word. Um, I won't get into specifics, but I could probably write a book about the symptoms of what our church had become when it had side effects of be being an unhealthy church, leading up to the hurt and betrayal that I experienced. <clears throat> My pastor was like an uncle to me. To this day, I can praise the Lord and recognize the good in his messages, the wisdom that he poured into me. And I still am a product of the good teaching that I experienced. But that shepherd had a moral failing. He was married and he had an inappropriate relationship with one of the most God-fearing, God-honoring women in my life, a devoted student of the scriptures, a loving wife, a godly teacher, and a servant. My mother. As a family caught up on the other side of this, and as an adult with my own family, we were trapped with this information. Waiting, waiting for our pastor to do the right thing. Some of the most painful times was handling that entire situation and what happened with the congregation and seeing their own hurt and um, their search for answers and understanding. I was left feeling all alone and asking, begging God to tell me, who I am without my parents, without my church, without my people, without my friends. We are all members of one body in Christ, and we were all hurting in that time. I was in such a dark place with no way out. In fact, I felt the bitterness swallow me up, and the only way back to God's grace was... I had to forgive them. My mom, my pastor, my congregation, my friends who failed, failed me. I felt like if I didn't let go of this anger and bitterness, and I had to sit with it, it would swallow me whole, and I was maybe going to die. And the genuine relief in forgiveness is incredibly powerful. As Christians, 
We are sinners saved by grace. Christ died for me. And because of that grace, I can forgive others when I have experienced huge betrayal. By God's grace, I was able to call my pastor. And he answered. And I said to him, Please let me speak. I'd like you to hear this. And um, I said, I know everything. I don't need to hear excuses or reasons. I told him that he hurt me and that it was a huge betrayal. But because of God's grace in my life, I forgive him, and I mean that 100%. And I told him that everything that he taught me beforehand, that I still am so grateful for all the time and the wisdom that was poured into me. I am still a product of the good that came from Christ through him. And I was freed of the bitterness and the anger that I had. The best thing for me was actually to be taken out of the situation, to be somewhere safe, to cry and be anonymous on Sundays, and to be angry and to rage inside and wrestle with the Holy Spirit about this hurt I felt toward the church. And I have memorized scripture, and those verses came back to my mind in some of the darkest times. And that helped me rebuild by God's grace, he used another pastor to speak gentle truths right from Scripture. God's infallible word of God and women's ministry to teach me what biblical womanhood is today and how to be the right kind of soft, strong, as Christ designed me to be. I had to rebuild my worldview from the ground up, and that started with, Who am I? I am in Christ. Can I trust God? Yes. Is he good even through this? Yes, he is. God can be glorified even through this. He had a plan. And in some ways, I can look back and see that just like Job, everything that was taken away was restored again. And I have a new church body and a church family who I love and who love me and who we can be in Christ together, unified and heal together. Wow. Um, just sitting here listening to Savannah share her story was emotional. Um, I'm just so proud of her. She is such a dear friend of mine and the strength that she had even coming here today and just how reliant she was on the Holy Spirit was truly incredible. And so I hope that you guys felt that emotion in her voice and you just felt the Holy Spirit really just coming out of her because I can tell you being in this room, that's what was happening. The thing that really stuck out to me, um, one of the things that stuck out to me about Savannah's story was um, how she was tethered to God's word that God's word wasn't something that she ran away from during her struggle, but something she clung to. 
And I think that that is so different than other stories we often hear from church hurt where other people, um, they either leave the faith, they, um, you know, they maybe hate God and, you know, maybe she had those emotions, but she still needed God's word. And there was a respect for God's word, a clinging to God's word um, that was truly remarkable. And man, I mean, the Holy Spirit, you could just sense it just as she was talking, was holding her up like in those dark moments and even talking about it now. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it just shows the reality of her faith. Yeah. It was tested to the core, um, and yet she trusted in who God was, not so much people. When we trust too much in people, that's when the hurts come in, because yeah. people are going to hurt us. Um, but I, I just admire her her staying steadfast and persevering through mm-hmm. it and actually clinging closer to the Lord. I think that's the big takeaway here. We have to, we can't run away. We have to embrace Christ, embrace his word, embrace forgiveness, and um, trust him to work out the situation. It's really, it it wasn't up for her to to work out the situation, but it was up to her to go through the process of forgiveness and to cling to the Lord through the process and not to turn her back on the very thing that would give her strength to see her through. Yeah. And this was something that we were talking about offline too, just what forgiveness did for her. Like, you know, sometimes we think that forgiveness is about is is tied up in the other person, but really forgiveness is something between us and God. It's a surrender. It's a letting go. It's a yielding. And um, man, you can just feel the importance of that as she shares her story, which I think is super powerful. It truly is. It truly is. I'm just, um, I think this is going to be speaking to a lot of people who've gone through maybe not that situation, but things similar. Mm-hmm. Well, Delaney, our second testimony will be from someone we have had on the show before. Hannah LaFollette is a wonderful mom, wife, and cook. She is super involved at Mom's Life at Grace Church, and her full testimony can be found on our episode that's titled Hannah's Prayer. Today, we're sharing her story of church hurt. Um, Delaney, would you read through her testimony? I know she was unavailable tonight to be live. So would you read through that? Yeah, absolutely. Here it goes. I grew up in a very small town in a small church. Growing up, the people in my church were like family to me, and most of them still are. My parents moved from England to America to serve in this specific church, and so we did not have family living around us. Some of the women in the church were like aunts and grandmothers that I never had, and I thank God for the leadership and love they provided me. I have learned that over the years, church hurt doesn't have to be congregational hurt. Church hurt can come from just one individual who causes enough hurt to make someone's desire to leave a church. Growing up, I was the pastor's kid. In in parentheses, she said, this is why Delaney and I bonded so quick. I admire my dad so much for the role that he played in the church. He served faithfully, called people to prayer, and served well. As a pastor's kid, I felt a level of scrutiny from certain individuals inside the church. I felt like they held me to a higher standard that at times felt unattainable. I remember people commenting on the length of my skirt, the dye in my hair, or the calling on me to answer a question with, Hannah, why don't you know the answer to this? You should know. I felt like my life was under a microscope, and even when I made mistakes, I harbored so much shame and guilt, even if no one knew what was going on. 
there was a lot that I hid from my parents just because I didn't want to disappoint them or for people to find out about my sin and it potentially reflect badly on them. And looking back now, I wish I had just been more open and honest with my parents about the suffering in my life so that they could have helped me navigate the struggles I was experiencing. But when you were looking... Um, but when you are under a looking glass, it is hard to hide under the safety of anyone's wings, and it could feel as though there is no grace for mistakes. And I think for me, this led to inauthentic conversion. I accepted Jesus because of the seemingly unspoken expectation of me rather than a true heart repentance. And the inauthentic conversation led me to poor choices. In high school, I was so desperate to fit in. I'm I, to fit in with the wrong crowd, and I made the choice to pursue po- pursue popularity over Jesus, and it hurt me in more ways than I can count. But I will say that it was during this time that Jesus used those sufferings to truly draw me to Himself, and I encountered God in a real way during my senior year of high school, and I really came to know and love Jesus during that year, and I have not looked back. And the Lord continues to refine to refine my people-pleasing problem, and he continues to teach me that it is his opinion that matters, not how others perceive me. I also grew up in what I feel like was the height of purity culture, and this is where one of my more prevalent church hurts stems from. And I want to circle back to the my one beginning comment that says, church hurt can come from one individual, not a whole congregation. I remember having a Sunday school teacher who believed that men were to be the leaders and dominators of the home. A woman's role was to be quiet, submissive, meet their husband's needs, consistently attend church, and the highest calling was to stay home and rear children. We were told that when we, were, when we hugged, held hands, or kissed a boy, we were ripping a petal from our rose of purity. And painting that picture from for when we got married, if we had compromised in any way, we would be presenting our husband with a disheveled rose ruined by our own sexual choices. And there was no talk of grace or forgiveness. The choice to abstain wasn't out of, wasn't out of a place of love for God, but rather the fear of what God might think of us if we made a mistake. And this is so contrary to what my parents taught us and also what they modeled for us, but hearing his teaching for over a year made me run from purity culture. And by the grace of God, I am living proof of the lie that this is. I made mistakes and I compromised in some areas. And with each failure, I remember thinking that there is another pedal gone. But God did not write me off. He blessed me with a man who loves God with all of his heart. All of his heart. He treats me with respect, listens to my voice, and continually points me to Jesus. And when I told him about my mistakes and my past sins, I remember hanging my head and saying, if you don't want to date me, I understand. And he said, As I imagine God says, Hannah, your past is not your present. I love you for you. I don't care about what happened before. Let's focus on the future. And now I have made it my mission to tell other girls the same truth and change the narrative of purity culture. And women, your highest calling is to love the Lord and serve him faithfully in whatever he has called you to. And I choose to value my purity and my self-respect because I love God And I want to honor him with my body because I know his ways are perfect. His order for marriage and purity will protect me from harm and disappointment. And I will choose to live a life of purity fueled not by my fear, but rather out of complete love and adoration for my Savior. So to finish, yes, I have church hurts. But do I look back on them with anger and sadness? Not really. I see it as an opportunity to rise up and ensure that this hurt never happens to anyone in the same way again.
I have a burden. I have a grace for I have grace for my kids who are also raised under a microscope, and I have a burden for teenagers and young adults who are fighting against the narrative of purity culture. And I I ask myself often, Lord, how can I be your hands and feet in the church? Give me opportunities to show the people in this church what true authentic love looks like in the body of Christ. And Lord, may I always be quick to repent when I have hurt someone. And also, and always listening for your voice. So when an opportunity arises for me to love someone who is hurting, I am all in. Okay. Powerful. I can really see how you would relate to that, Delaney. Yes, this is one of the reasons Hannah and I became friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you share that common bond. And you both had a wonderful family with a good family experience, but... Even so, you can suffer at the hands of other people in the church. Um, It does make uh, you a little bit more of a standout when you are the pastor's child. I know even as I taught BSF, my kids felt a little bit under the scrutiny of that as well. And uh, Paul, my husband, grew up as a pastor's kid, and and he felt that as well. So very common, very normal. Um, Boy. Any more comments on that? Well, I think I love that she brought this up, um, that an individual hurting you from a church is also different than a congregation. And I would even take it a step further to say that um, there some in some churches, I mean, I definitely believe there are certain churches with systems of unhealthy, (laughs) toxic, abusive behavior. I would pray to the Lord that that is not the norm. I don't believe that it is. But that is also different than an individual hurting you. Um, I like that she brought up that distinction, too, because I think the reality is that we will always have a moment or a time where an individual in a church is going to hurt us to some degree. Um, But if you're in a church with systems like this, that's a serious problem. Um, Yeah, it's just systemic problem then if there's a wrong theology if if it is abusive to people if it's you know you hear about churches like that all the time mm-hmm. but hers was more of a personal story she she did quickly mention that they taught the um what they taught about uh biblical manhood and womanhood that men were to be dominating and what the, what the <clears throat> yeah. purpose for women was was skewed like we know, of course, that being a wife and a mom is a high calling, like one of our highest. But our first calling is to be a follower of Christ. Like that is who we are first and foremost. And then from that, our second highest callings would be as a wife and as a mom, if that is, you know, the situation of life that you're in. And if not, then your first calling would be to Christ. And so in that way, it's really unifying um, that all of us, our first calling is to Christ. But I like that she brought that up and just Um, You know, something we've talked about on this podcast a lot is that purity Mm -hmm. is something that God has designed, but people have twisted it into a really legalistic, shameful thing. And I like that she brought light to that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she sure did. Well, Delaney, let's move on. And I would just love to share something, um, how I saw church hurt. Um, It was 2002. And I was um, leading, I I was teaching the Grace Church Women's Retreat up north at Arrowwood Resort. And um, I had taught Friday night and Saturday morning and Saturday evening. And I was to teach one more time on Sunday morning. And at 10 o'clock at night, I got a knock on my door. 
and a dear friend came in, a women's director, and said that the senior pastor has stepped down and um, that it was uh, infidelity. And I, I just felt like somebody punched me in the gut. Um, hardly slept that night, but had to get up in front of all these dear women who loved their pastor, loved their pastor. Mm-hmm. And I taught the morning, and then the women's pastor at the end of the conference um, announced what had happened, and we went into lunch. And here was probably 300 to 400 women. And if you could have seen the, the faces and the crying and the hurt on their faces, shock, disappointment, um, they took it so personal. It was very difficult. His, some of his family was at this retreat. Mm. It was a very, very uh, awful day. And I've often thought in my mind as I relive that moment, it was so painful. I thought if pastors, when they're in seminary, if they could get a video mm. of that moment, mm. of those minutes after that was announced, and to see the faces and to see the women after having a wonderful retreat just leave their heart broken and so disappointed and frustrated and not knowing what should they do now? And should they leave the church? Should they stay in the church? What happens to the church? Why? I, I, you know, I loved his teaching. I loved him. I, it was, it was so difficult, the pain and the sorrow that that can cause. So that to me was one of the most hurtful times in my life with church, um, and then also uh, we saw people leave after this, mm. and that was very difficult. But you know what? Paul and I discussed it, and we said, we're not leaving. Pastors are going to come and go, but we're a part of this body. This is a family here. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving. Why should his mistake, his sin, cause me to leave? I'm not leaving. Mm. I'm not leaving. And um, I think a lot of people felt like I did, but there were a few who just couldn't. And I, I don't. You know, that's everybody has to make their decision, but it was hard on the church and it left the church in a, in a, in so many ways in such a bad position. But we had good people come in after him and, and help with the situation and help the people to heal. Um, it was an open wound for thousands of people in a, at a time in 2002. It was the year we moved into the new building in Eden Prairie. Mm. So there was a large mortgage. And a lot of change, and this this really was sorrow for all of us. So, we, and that took us a long time to actually come out of that. I think. I think really, um, until your dad came, Delaney. I think there were still kind of limping along. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like Grace Church is by the grace of God. You know, it's always by the grace of God. It's it's a healthy place to be now, and that hurt is healed. Yeah, I I was not around for that, but I have heard and you know, it's just it's sad because stories like this are not uncommon and yet what what happens when the leader of a church has a failure like this, what it does to people's faith is just it's yeah. unique. Like it that's a unique uh pain um and yeah. I, Go ahead. One boy who he was mentoring walked away from the faith. Mm. I did hear that. You know, it, um, 
things like that happen. I mean, you're right. It, it happens not, uh, sadly, it happens often. Well, and I, I see even like we, we hear this nowadays, like, um, you know, when the Hillsong pastor, um, you know, he had an affair and had to step down, like that was pretty recently in the past few years. There's a couple other people that I can think of. And, um, you know, I just, I wonder what it is that is going on in them, like why this happens. I don't know. But the fact that you were there at that retreat was totally a work of the Lord. Like what, what did you say to these women after this? Like, do you remember anything you said was, how, how did you respond? Well, I might, yeah, I, my time was over. However, when I looked at my notes for Sunday morning mm-hmm. and I was able to kind of prepare their hearts a little bit. They didn't know what they were going to be hearing, but I, I could see the passage I had chosen that day. You know, how he goes before us mm-hmm. was just something that would be, hopefully they would be remembering as they heard that news. So, um, difficult though, yeah. you know, such a beautiful weekend and, um, um, such really tragedy, really yeah. tragedy, tragedy yes. for the pastor, tragedy for his family. Yeah. All of us were just hurting for that. I mean, it's just, and it's it's so painful. So that is a, a an example of church hurt that many in Grace Church will remember all too well. Yeah, and there's just so many layers to it, like you know how you're hurt and the relationships and all of that. But um, I was just thinking about too. What would you say, Bev, about um, like if there was? I know with leadership it's different, but what about um, there's a husband and a wife that go to our church? Like, what if? Um, one of them has an affair, what would, what should the church's response be to that? Like, how should we come alongside? And then do, do we let them back in? Do we let the person who had the affair back in? Just how does that work, like, in your experience? Well, I, I think you always work for reconciliation, even if there has been infidelity. But sometimes that just isn't possible. And so, you know, you compassionately try to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, though, it, it causes separation where that person leaves, they move, they don't want anything to do with the church. I find sometimes when people go through life, big life tragedies, like loss of a child, uh, divorce, things like that, it's, they have to really make a, a, an effort to stay connected to the church. I think what gets in there is the temptation just to fall away. Yeah. Um, to start over whatever their whatever excuse they're making in their mind. But I think support, support, support. I mean, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and you just can't judge that. You just have to be, um, uh, encouraging and start, you know, where they are, uh, whatever that is. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a fact of life. Christ addressed infidelity and, and it, it's just a fact of life. It's sad, but it does happen. We live in a sinful world, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and two sinners get married, and things can happen. Yeah. Well, and it just makes you thankful that God can redeem situations. Like, all of these stories that we've heard today, like, there has been redemption. and There has. There that, has. I mean, is that not the grace of God that we live in a world full of suffering and evil and sin and pain that is unspeakable, and yet— God's grace is deeper. God's love is deeper. His mercy abounds. Um, I mean, that's just such a testimony to who God is in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial. 
And so um, thank you for sharing that, Bev, because I know that did happen. And it was it was a quite a long time ago. So I'm like, yeah, let's we can talk about it now. But can we get into a little bit? We we said at the beginning of the episode that we wanted to do a teaching on a few things. Um, Can you just start that off for us about the role of the church and what the church should be like? I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, there's when you say the church, Delaney, there's capital C church, which is the church at large. This just means everyone who is a committed follower of Christ, who has received the gospel of Christ and um, has the Holy Spirit in them. They are part of this church at large, capital C. Um, and this, they're called the ecclesia, the, the, the called out ones that have been called out from the world, called out from just living their life for themselves, called to live their life now um, together in community. And But then there's also small C church, which is the community of all true believers um, in, in a particular location. So that is the church, too. Uh, it, is, it is the church is local and the church is universal. Um, the scripture uses a lot of metaphors uh, when, when they're referring to the church. Here are just a few. Um, first of all, the branches and the vine, of course, from John 15. You know, we're, we're the branches and he's the vine. We need to stay uh, connected to him. And we do that by staying connected to the church. We're called a building where, you know, where God grows us and builds in us. We're living stones. So that's kind of the same process there of God building in us together into a place where he dwells. We're also God's house. We are in a sense that the Holy Spirit lives in us and God is building us up like he would build a house. Um, also, I wanted to share a few more illustrations of what the church is. It's the bride of Christ yeah. in Ephesians 5 and Revelations 19 through 22. That's a beautiful picture. Think of that. Yes. The church is his bride. We can't forsake the bride. Yes. I mean, if we think, well, I can just live independently. No, you're living apart from the bride. You need to be a part of the bride. Yeah. Also in scripture, we're the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're his body here on earth. We're the tangible hands and feet and lips and, and words that, that are speaking for Christ today in this world. That's a very large call, but we're a body. We need each other. That illustration is so powerful. I'm not a foot. I'm not a hand. You know, you're a foot. I'm a hand. Oh, yeah. I'm whatever. We all have different roles in the church. And if one of us, even one of us, is not working properly, that's a problem. Like my grandchildren, you know, his wrist is not working. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Um, so we're the body. And then it talks about the church being a temple or a tabernacle. Of course, that is the idea, again, of the building, a place where Christ dwells. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our body is a temple. Uh, we are God's field. Um, beautiful picture, isn't it? His field. Yes. He's, he's growing us, developing us, harvesting us. We're also called, and this is so important, the family of God. Mm. When we are a Christian, we have a new family. Mm. We have now a home away from home. We're away from home in the ultimate of heaven, but this is our home for now is in the church. We're a family. Yeah. A family sticks together, and that's why that, that moment in crisis I had after that time in 2002, I, I felt like, no, I'm committed to this family. Yes. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we're also called the flock of God. 
um, when they were being admonished in Acts 20, uh, the overseers, they said, take care of the flock of God. Just picture us with the flock and he's our good shepherd. Mm -hmm. And then we're also the pillar and the support of truth, which is um, we're to be that supporter. We're to we're to undergird it. I think you're you know, our pastor Troy has done such a great job here of undergirding what's true and what how culture is trying to counter that with lies. And we have to go back to what's true. He's being the pillar and we're all learning to be pillars and to support the truth. And then finally, it's the kingdom of God. How does the kingdom of God, where is the kingdom of God? It's within us, Mm. the kingdom of God. And when we gather as a church, we are the kingdom of God. And we are a group who worships and serves the Lord. So that's just some of what we could say about the church. I know you have a few more things, Delaney, you wanted to share. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that you you, uh, explained those pictures because there are things that we hear a lot, but we don't always know, like, that they relate to the church or what the church means. So thank you for, for explaining that. And I just want to say too, like if you haven't experienced this kind of church, especially from all those metaphors that you just said, Bev, the messy, but grace filled, beautiful church, then I mean, (laughs) it's then we're like, truly like, we're so sorry because yes, the church is messy and the church is filled with sinful people. But, um, you know, we're also sorry that we live in a sinful world and that those hurts exist. And again, it's like these two tensions that can exist at the same time. And, you know, our heart really breaks for people who are listening to this episode have who have experienced like deep hurt or maybe betrayal by the church. Um, because the church is where God's people bear with one another, forgive one another, grow together, serve together, have accountability, grow in God, grow in godliness and holiness. And it should be a place of safety, honestly, a sanctuary where you can be authentic and vulnerable with people who will encourage you and lift you up in prayer. And so um, it breaks the heart of God you know, when his design is twisted, perverted, when Christ's authority is used as a means to abuse others. And this is not God's heart for his church. And this is not God's design for his church. And it's important that we know that. Um, And my favorite metaphor too, Bev, um, of God's church is the bride of Christ for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, so beautiful. So beautiful. Think about it. Like, you're presented before God in heaven like a bride. It's like that song, like a bride waiting for her. I'm not going to sing. Okay. Um, like a bride waiting for her groom will be a church ready for you. And the Bible in that way is a love story from God to his church of his grace, oh, of our lack, of his sufficiency, of how he fills in all the gaps. Like truly, it is a love story to his church. And... um that's from Ephesians 5.25, that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whew, I love that mm-hmm. passage. And then we also know from Hebrews 8, 8 through 10, God says that I will be their God and they shall be my people. So there's a belonging there, that we belong to him, that the church is his, that he is my God in a personal way, and that we are his. And so that is God's heart for the church, right? That we are... Um, oh to be built up, to bear with each other, that we, there's an identity and who we are, a unifying identity that we're his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we need each other. Yeah. Oh, how we need each other. Yes. Delaney, if you think you can be the lone wolf, you know what I mean? If you, right. uh, any, any herd of animals, one of them goes away, 
what do the predators go after? The weak one, the one who's fallen away from the herd yeah. that didn't follow along. And that, that can be um, a very terrible situation uh, when you get isolated like that. And the enemy likes to isolate us like that, to mm-hmm. take away, you know, um, uh, our church experience so that we can't, so that he can, you know, um, mess with us, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to, in this conversation to, yes, the one who's away. And I'm like, we need to really be careful. We're not isolating ourselves. Um, and then we also need to ask the Lord for, um, to, so we can recognize and repent for the ways that we might've hurt somebody in the church. Cause I think when we think about church hurt, we always are thinking about how someone has hurt me, how someone has hurt me. And I know that there are things that I have done and I pray to the Lord that I could make these things right. That could contribute to someone else's church hurt. And so I'm like, we also need to be aware of that and like ask the Lord to show that to us and, like there needs to be repentance and if reconciliation is needed, like that needs to happen. Um, but I also like to bring that up too of like church hurt is not just something that happens to you. It's also something that you can be doing to someone else. Yeah, good point. Good point. And, and if that's brought to your attention, it really does need to be taken very seriously and dealt with. Because when it comes from the church or someone in the church, it goes so deep. Well, it goes back to our episode that we just did, Bev, on deconstruction and that yeah, the root of, it really does relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the root of people leaving is often tied to some kind of a church hurt, and so we need to yeah. be teaching teaching people a correct theology of the church. Um, of course, if there are abuses and systemic injustices, like that's a serious that's a that's a serious problem. But what we're talking about here is more of an individual basis. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is a big deal, and so we want to as much as we can um, acknowledge those things, but also like encourage each other and hold each other accountable so that we're not being that person that hurts somebody else. Right. And be un, un you know, offended. Yeah. So often we're so touchy yeah. and we just take things the wrong way. We get offended and it's our ego. It's our pride that gets in the way there. So be aware of that as well. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk well, about Delaney, the church, how the church is important? Why? Well, the church, I think it, it, it's important because this is where we really um, glorify God. Yeah, We glorify God when we come together. When I stayed home watching on a screen during COVID, I my worship was really poor. It was hindered. I, I just, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I get another cup of coffee, you know, mm-hmm. uh, up and down, up and down. Um, no. There's something about putting your body inside the church building, coming together, meeting with God's people. It cannot be replaced. Mm -hmm. It's irreplaceable. Do not forsake the meeting together. And I've said this quite a few times in different places where I've been teaching. And I I see a lot of people that have just gotten lazy and went to online Mm -hmm. or stopped going. So it's a big deal. It's it's a ministry to God where we worship. We worship God through singing, dancing, raising our hands, glorifying God, listening, being changed, being edified. Um, we are to nurture others. We're to serve in the church, build each other up spiritually. Uh, we're to ministry. Uh, we're to have a ministry to the world in the church with evangelism and showing mercy, making disciples of all nations, and caring for the poor and the needy and the hurting. And and uh, that's the church. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. 
And it's one thing if you physically can't attend church, and it's another when you can and you're choosing not to. Those are different. So we would really encourage you, really seek the Lord on that. Really seek the Lord on that because there is something unique and beautiful, and it's just a part of Christ's design when you gather with your church body to worship him and to do ministry and life together, truly. Well, I agree. I want to conclude this episode with a quote um, that I love. It says, if we're not captivated by the beauty and significance of the church, we will lack the motive force to serve her. Because when we begin to serve God's people, we quickly discover that they hurt and disappoint us. And so our love for God's church, it can't be conditional on its behavior, and that our love for the church must be tethered to Christ's value of it. That's where our love has to come Amen. from. It's, it's got to come Beautiful. from that. Because if it's based mm-hmm. off of what people do, all right, then you're not going to love the church for very long. Uh, but to start season three, we did a six back-to-back episodes about our current cultural climate, and we've addressed a lot of hard topics, and we've talked about them from a biblical perspective. We began with interviewing Laura Perry Smoltz about gender. We talked about sex, toxic purity culture, patriarchy, the lies we believe. Um, and then we talked about the history and impact of feminism. That's where we talked about patriarchy, my bad. The impact of feminism has on our world with Mary Cassian. We discussed with Ashley Kinsel about deconstruction and progressive Christianity. We talked about um, when, the, when the pain gets too much, what do we do in lamenting prayer and how lamenting prayer is suffering in the light and hope of who God is. Um, and today, Bev and I got to share and hear from your sisters at your church about church hurt and God's heart for his church. And so we encourage you to go back and listen to these episodes, but this is, I think, the perfect way to culminate this little teeny mini series um, is getting back to God's heart for his church and his people. However, season three is not over. I know I'm kind of making it seem like that. (laughs) Season three is not over, okay? Episodes will continue, and we will go back to our typical episode schedule, which is every other Monday. Um, This season, we are going to also be diving deeper into doctrine, God's character. Um, We're going to be doing some more Christians You Should Know. I know it's been a minute since we've done those. And we have some incredible guests this, this season. I mean, Bev, do we not have some incredible guests? We do. We do. A lot of exciting things ahead, and um, it's going to be a, a wonderful season, season three. Yeah, so keep tuning in to She's Becoming, but Bev, will you just pray to close us out? I will. Heavenly Father, you know who is listening to this right now, and if there is church hurt that they have all of a sudden discovered in their heart, or they've been trying to deal with it, or it goes back a long way, Lord, would you come to them now and show them what they need to do with these feelings and what has happened? Lord, may they go through the process of forgiveness, of moving on. May they go through the process of turning to other family members in the church who they can uh, share this experience with, which really helps to uh, let the steam off of it and take the power away from it when it is shared. So, Father, heal your people and help us, Lord, not to offend and to be unoffendable. And may uh, church become something so precious in each one of our lives that we would treasure it and value it above everything else, Lord. Because when we do that, we value it as we value Christ. And that is what the church is. The church is the body of Christ. 
And so, Father, help us to remember that even when we experience church hurt. In Christ's name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, it was great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She is Becoming.